0: Episode 31 and Max Sports Mock Draft 2.0. I have come up with my mock draft after hours and hours of extensive research. No, but I I did take some time to really think about the picks that I wanted to make. I will be sharing uh, the rules and go through the draft. Part 1 will be picks 1 through 16. Part 2 will be picks 17 through 31. Again, the Dolphins have forfeited their pick due to a scandal, so... That being said, let's get into the episode. All right, like I said, let's get on to the mock draft. Before I get started, I just want to share that part one is picks 1 through 16. Part two today is 17 through 31. Part three is free agency breakdown. I will be mentioning a little bit when it comes to defending my draft selections. With that being said, said, let's get into it. To start things off, I have the now first overall pick, Carolina Panthers, selecting C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. I think that this is a great move for them. Trading up to get their franchise quarterback. Some people think that they gave up a little too much for him. I think only time will tell. C.J. Stroud has been the guy that some sports books have as the new favorite. I think it'll be him or my second overall pick, Bryce Young in Houston. I think they are probably 1-1A right now. Anthony Richardson is tied for third. And then Will Levis seems to be falling down fourth. I will find homes for all four quarterbacks and give the reasons why. But I think as of right now, Carolina gets a quarterback. Um, I think Houston gets one as well. And while we don't necessarily know uh, which one is the the favorite right now, because Carolina hasn't really come out and said that, I think that it is still smart for them to get their franchise signal caller while they can. They really haven't had an identity since that run-heavy Carolina Panthers um, teams that had Cam Newton, Jonathan Stewart as their running back, and they had some decent receivers and weapons. It was, it was a tough, hard-nosed team, though, and they really haven't had that in a couple of years. So I think getting their future signal caller is important for them, especially with a rookie head coach. Obviously, of course, I have Bryce Young going second. Similar thing, new coach, new quarterback. It's time for them to get a new young face of the team. They really haven't had a face since Deshaun Watson was there. Getting Bryce Young is huge for them if they want to really establish a new vision. Get your franchise quarterback. I think this is a great move. I think a lot of people thought Bryce Young would be the top prospect of the draft. Being able to stay at two and get him, I think is a big deal. Next, I have our first wild cardish move. I have Tyree Wilson, the edge defensive end out of Texas Tech, going third to the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is a great move for Arizona due to the fact that, yes, I know some people might say, where's Jalen Carter? Where's Will Anderson? I think Tyree Wilson, a weird way of saying it, I view Tyree Wilson as this year's Trayvon Walker, a guy that didn't blow a lot of people. Uh, out of the water when it came to what they were seeing with him Uh, he didn't play a lot this year due to injury but his his size and his measurables are just off the charts and when you do watch his tape he is he makes a huge impact in games you can see why he will be an nfl defensive end in this league i think of the three big defensive players in the draft they're all defensive linemen you have tyree wilson your balanced uh defensive end you have Jalen Carter, your interior force, and then you have Will Anderson Jr., your kind of Von Millery speed, speedy pass rusher. I think that that since they already have Isaiah Simmons, um, kind of this hybrid linebacker guy, I think getting an edge to really fill the hole of J.J. Watt is important. Tyree Wilson fits that. I think he could be a guy that rises a lot. Uh, Next. Third quarterback, everybody, Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback, goes to Indy. This is an interesting move. I think Anthony Richardson's stock has absolutely been flying up. Last time I had him in a mock draft, he was 29th to New Orleans. Now he's going fourth to Indy. I think his measurables, his athleticism has blown everyone away, and I think that everyone wants a piece of Anthony Richardson right now. So Indy getting him at four, he is a very very raw prospect so i wouldn't even be surprised i know they have i think sam ellinger as their backup or maybe they keep matt ryan another year start matt ryan just to get richardson developed and then hand the reins to him next year it's a weird feeling giving that uh kind of treatment to the 4th overall pick but again his talent is unlimited unlimited but i do worry about him starting As of right now in the NFL, I don't think he's ready for that. Fifth overall pick, we have Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman from Georgia. Now, I know a lot of people think he's going to fall. Until that happens, until it does, I think since he's a top prospect like that, I don't think Seattle can pass up a guy like Jalen Carter this high. They need a stud you know, just an interior force guy to really solidify that defense. You're playing teams in the uh, NFC West, Arizona, you got San Francisco with their amazing run game. You could have a guy like this just absolutely eat up the middle of the field. And he could take two bodies and still be a productive uh, player when it comes to the defensive line. I think this is a miss play. And again, until there are off field issues where it seems like his stock is going to fall. I like him here at five. That leaves the Detroit Lions with Will Anderson Jr. This would be a absolute home run pick if it was able to happen. While I do think it is a little out there, I do think that it is possible. A weird way I can uh, view it is Will Anderson could also be this year's Kevon Thibodeau, where last year everyone thought he was the top guy, first overall pick. And then people, as the season, as the off season, as the combine, as the measurables come out, and people start overthinking everything, people fall in love with other prospects. We know Will Anderson, but look at the new guy we fell in love with. I don't know if Will Anderson will make it 2-6. I don't know if he'll make it past six. I would doubt it. If, if he makes it past six, the Lions made a mistake here. Pairing Will Anderson with their already young and growing defensive line led by Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson's that every down kind of edge rusher, whereas Will Anderson is that speed type, an amazing duo that would really push Detroit, the Detroit Lions into a, I'll, I'll even say it this way, Super Bowl contender. That is the amount of elite talent that Will Anderson can bring to the table. I look at the next pick, and this is the Vegas Raiders. I know I've seen a lot of other mock drafts. Some people have Will Levis going seven to the Raiders, but what worries me about them is the fact that they just gave a bunch of money to Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if they could necessarily, how that would go, you know, kind of giving him enough money to say, hey, you're our guy, but then not, you know, then immediately drafting his replacement. I feel like honestly, if you were going to do that, you would have just moved Derek Carr and, or just kept Derek Carr and then drafted his replacement. I don't think that moving on from Carr, drafting or signing Garoppolo and then drafting Levis makes sense. So therefore, I went for best available player, and that is Devin Witherspoon, the Illinois corner I think that they need some help on the defensive end as they choked a lot of games this season I think getting a lockdown corner at seven is very important for Vegas and if they do not go quarterback here I think it's Witherspoon to the Raiders next another team that some people think will take quarterback I think that this is another year where their rebuild is still too far away so I think the Atlanta Falcons take Nolan Smith an absolute freak athlete out of Georgia. Another speedy edge rusher. Dude was running as fast as running backs during the combine. Now, I know, again, I call it the pajama Olympics until, you know, the combine stats don't mean everything, everybody. But I think that this is a great pick for uh, Atlanta, a team that desperately needs big um, names on their defense. They signed some uh, secondary players today. I believe they signed a safety and some corners. I think that adding Nolan Smith to the front, whether as a pass rusher or a pass specialist, a linebacker, it would be a great move for Atlanta. Next, I look at Chicago now trading out from one all the way down to nine. Unfortunately, they miss out on most of the big edge rushers while there's still Miles Murphy available. There's still some receivers. I don't think they go receiver here due to the fact that they got DJ Moore in the trade to move out of the top pick. And on top of it, they also have Chase Claypool to begin with that they acquired with their uh, second round pick during the uh, trade deadline this year. With that being said, I think they go Christian Gonzalez corner out of Oregon. I look at his frame, his build, and I also look at the wide receivers in the NFC North. You got uh, Christian Watson, a big-bodied deep threat receiver from Green Bay. You got Justin Jefferson, arguably the greatest um, wide receiver in the game right now. And then you got the Lions with several decent uh, receiving options, whether it's Jamison Williams or Amon Ross, St. Brown. You need a guy that can potentially lock these dudes up. Christian Gonzalez, I think, is my second favorite corner in this draft, and I think the Bears getting him here would be a great piece to add to their defense. Now I look at pick 10, Miles Murphy. I, the edge rusher from Clemson goes to Philly. Philly is losing a lot of their free agents, but the majority of the ones that they've been losing right now have been up front. So I think getting Miles Murphy as another edge rusher to go with Hassan Reddick could make a very dangerous defense that is losing some of their pieces. Maybe they go corner with another pick. Maybe they go corner in a later round. I only did one round of mock draft. I think the first round is the only one that really interests me to make a mock of. But I'm excited to share with you my second equals pick. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on it. But I take Murphy here as the edge rusher at ten. Finally, Will Levis leaves the board though at pick eleven. Maybe I'm going out on a limb here. I think that the Titans could move on from. Brian Tannehill, give up that experiment, blow it all up, and maybe go with Will Levis. Now, some people think they might take a tackle. There's other needs on the team. Personally, I think that their days of being a playoff contender are over. And once that is the case, it's time to rebuild. What would be better than to take an already, you know, a project quarterback that needs to develop a little bit, but give them time, give him a couple years. He doesn't need to win right away. And even though he is the oldest prospect out of the top four quarterbacks drafted, he still needs some time to develop. This is a guy that has all of the tools, just needs to find the right fit. And again, what's better for a young quarterback than being able to build the team around them, not just put plop him into a system. You're literally going to be able to build the system for Will Levis. I don't think this is a very popular pick for a lot of people, but I liked it when I was making it, and I don't know where else Will Levis would fall. I don't think. I look at some of the other teams. I don't know who else would take Levis. Maybe Tampa Bay at 19 if he fell that far. I think he's a guy that's falling a lot right now. Who knows what will happen? Maybe a team actually secretly is in love with him. We won't know until draft day, but I have Levis going 11th. At 12, I have Quinton Johnston, receiver out of TCU, going 12th to the Houston Texans. I think this is a great addition to the wide receiver room, they're going to probably be losing Brandon Cooks due to the fact that he doesn't seem to enjoy football due to them. And outside of it, they don't really have a ton of other elite weapons. John Mechie should be coming back after his chemo treatments that made him lose all of last season. I'm glad to hear that he'll be able to play football next year, but I don't necessarily see him ready to be a number one receiver in the NFL. So I think getting Quentin Johnston, a guy that can catch a lot of 50-50 balls, seems to be a very good athlete. I think that is a great pickup for Houston. Johnston might not be my favorite receiver, and I don't necessarily like this receiving class as much as I did last year or even two years ago, but I think right here it's a safe pick that'll fit the mold of what the uh, Texans would want. All right, four picks to go in our first segment. I look at Paris Johnson tackle out of Ohio State going to the New York Jets. There's a lot of Aaron Rodgers rumors. I almost fell for it today. I was texting friends saying Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. I heard uh, Trey Wingo talking about it on Twitter. Fell for it. I fell for it, and I thought thought Rodgers was a Jet. I still think that's going to be the case as of right now, and I think what would be better than getting a tackle to protect him? He's an older quarterback. I look at Makai Becton as a very talented tackle, but it's a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy in previous seasons. So adding Paris Johnson Jr. to the Jets would be a great move, especially if they're trying to contend now. Their defense is already set. They have some decent weapons. They have a decent running back. Just solidify the O-line, and that team could be threatening Buffalo next year. Three picks to go. One of my favorite players in the draft, is going to the New England Patriots, Lucas Van Ness. He is a guy that did not even start at Iowa but put up production and is just an absolute athletic freak. A young player. He was only a sophomore coming out, I believe, or at least a junior. I don't know if he sat out his first year, whatever the case is, but he is six foot five, 270 pounds, I think of pure muscle. This guy is one of the freakazoid prospects. And getting a scary edge rusher like that with um, Matthew Judon on New England's defense would be amazing. That is what they desperately need in order to really reestablish their old ways of Patriot football that got them to several Super Bowls. Adding a big prospect like him, I'd be excited for. Next, Green Bay at 15 is selecting Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, the uh, wide receiver out of Ohio State. This is a guy that I thought was probably going to be a top five pick going into the season. Due to injury, though, has fallen all the way to 15. Some people worry about his desire to play football due to his injury, the fact that he sat out of a college football playoff game. But I'm not necessarily worried about that. At 15, it is well worth the risk for Smith and Jigba. The guy was absolutely a monster last season um, or two seasons ago before his injuries this year. This is a guy that could really fit and be a great number two or number one receiver with Christian Watson in Green Bay. And especially if Jordan Love is a starter next year after Aaron Rodgers is leaving, you would probably want a, a very elite wide receiver prospect to help out your young quarterback. Finally, pick 16 before we get to the break it is Peter Skronsky, the tackle out of Northwestern. Easy and said and done. Washington is spending a lot of money on their defense. It is a very good unit. What I think that they need to do is establish their offensive line. They have running backs. They have skill positions. They don't necessarily have a quarterback. They're going to be trying Sam Howell, a guy they drafted, I believe, in the fifth or sixth round last year. I don't necessarily believe in Sam Howell, but if they're going to find out if he's the guy or not, they're going to need protection up front. Getting Skronsky is a, a... One of the favorite tackles in this draft. I think that this is a smart move for Washington to just, again, you can never go wrong going O-line. It's never a sexy pick, but someone has to protect your quarterback. It's a fact. With that being said, let's get into part two. Be right back. Before we get into our quick part two, I just want to say that if you are a fan of the content that you are listening to, please feel free to comment or share this with other people to only help grow the audience. Or again, when you give me comments, that gives me feedback that I can use for uh, content that you would rather prefer. So just taking a little bit of time out of your day helps me make content for you guys that you would enjoy. Thank you for your time. Let's move on. Alright, on to Part 2 of the Mock Draft, and then Part 3 will just be free agency talk today. Some of my big favorite signings. If you're a fan of this, we got a lot of content coming for you, so I hope you get excited. Hold on to your pants. With that being said, we go to the Pittsburgh Stullers, and I give them the offensive tackle from Georgia, Broderick Jones. I think that this is a great addition to a team that needs more time to protect their quarterback and their offensive line once was known as one of the better offensive lines in the league, but due to some of the players aging, retiring, moving on over recent years, I think getting a guy like Broderick Jones at 17 would be a great decision for Pittsburgh, especially with a second year quarterback in Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris, who kind of had a bit of a down year and probably would be looking to bounce back uh, next season. Moving on to pick number 18, we have the Detroit Lions again. I have them now selecting cornerback Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. I believe that was the pick that I had going to the Steelers last time, but this time I see Porter Jr. going to Detroit. Now, Detroit actually made a free agent move, which I will not be discussing in the next segment due to the fact that I'm doing it now, but... Detroit had actually signed Cameron Sutton, a Pittsburgh Steelers cornerback, during the offseason to a three-year deal. He's an experienced vet that'll be probably a number two corner on a decent defense. And they already have Jeffrey Okuda, a guy who they drafted third overall just a few years back. However, though, I look at it and I see Jeffrey Okuda, who is an injury-prone player, he really hasn't had a full season his entire career in the NFL. And on top of it, he never has really been an elite lockdown corner that the Lions had been hoping since they've acquired him in the draft. Adding Joey Porter Jr., even if he's not the biggest impact player, he's a luxury pick, and especially knowing that the contract of Okuda will be up next year. And you never know how corners can be, especially sometimes contract years. They can play, you know, outperform what they usually do. And for some reason, it's a weird thing with corners, but sometimes they can just absolutely fall off a cliff. I think this is a great insurance policy in case of injury. I think that Joey Porter Jr. could be the future if they decide to move on from Okuda. And it, if nothing else, it's a luxury pick to add some depth to a much-needed position group. As of now, I have number 19, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have them drafting Kalijah Cantsey, defensive lineman, Pittsburgh. Everyone's saying Aaron Donald. I don't necessarily believe he is Aaron Donald, but he is a undersized but uber-athletic defensive tackle prospect. I really like him. He's been flying up draft boards. I don't know if he'll even be here at 19 when it happens. Again, who knows? But I do really like his physical attributes. I think he's a guy that is a riser in the draft. He could maybe move up to as high as 14, 13, 12, depending on what teams need a defensive lineman. Again, after Jalen Carter, he's probably my number two defensive tackle, defensive line guy. I think that this is something that Tampa Bay will need a good foundational piece on their defense that is rapidly aging. If they, you know, like I said with the Will Levis pick in segment 1 at 11 to the Titans. I don't know where Will Levis really fits right now and maybe that is Tampa Bay if he keeps falling. Only time will tell. I'm excited to see Kansi though as a big new stud on the defensive line for Tampa Bay. Next, I have the Seattle, I almost said Supersonics, but the Seattle Seahawks. They are selecting Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama. I really do like Branch's game. And while safety is a pretty luxury pick for a first round selection, The Seahawks have a lot of young pieces all over the field, so they can kind of just take best player available, and I believe at this point in time it is Brian Branch. They have skill positions on offense with Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They have young offensive linemen. Geno Smith is under contract. Unless, again, Levis somehow falls this far and they want to maybe stash Levis behind Geno Smith, I don't necessarily see that being a possibility as of right now, so I go best player available with Brian Branch. Next, I have a surprising one. Rising up from the last mock draft I made is Bijan Robinson. Now, we didn't see a running back draft in the first round at all last year due to the fact that I think some teams and most organizations realize that you don't necessarily need to take a running back this high up. But sometimes every once in a while, every couple of years, there's that real dynamic athlete that can day one, just help an offense really explode. I think that could be Bajon Robinson, and I think going to the Chargers at 21 is a very good move. For those who do not know, they have a very good kind of receiving back in Austin Eckler, but he has since recently requested a trade out. I think one of the biggest weaknesses with having Eckler, even though he's a good stats guy, big fantasy running back option, he's not a great run-between-the-tackles kind of guy. And Bajan Robinson can do it all. He can catch, he can run between the tackles. He's got enough speed. He's got enough power. He's like the perfect all around running back in today's day and age of football. This is something that will help the Chargers because one of the things that they are bad at doing is managing the clock. They couldn't run the clock out in the postseason, mainly due to the fact that Eckler wasn't really a running back. He was more of a receiving back. I think getting a guy like Bajan is a very good move. I think adding him with a team like the Chargers is really good. I could also see them maybe going receiver here. But I think Bajan Robinson to the Chargers is a good fit. On to pick 22, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC. He was surprisingly, according to some people, kind of falling in the draft due to not the greatest combine stats. I think that's vastly overrating. Again, the Pajama Olympics. When you watch Jordan Addison play, whether he was the Bolitnikoff winner at Pittsburgh, I'll say that one more time. He won the Bolitnikoff Award, which means you are the nation's best receiver in college at Pittsburgh. Not USC, not Ohio State, not Alabama, not Georgia. Pittsburgh. So then he moves on to USC And honestly, I didn't get to see a ton of tape of his at USC due to the fact that those games start at 11 o'clock from where I'm at. But when I got to see Jordan Addison, you could tell he was one of the best players on that entire football field. Just because the Pajama Olympics say one thing, I don't believe it. I think Jordan Addison is a very good comparison to an Amon Ross St. Brown for the Detroit Lions. Similar thing with him where he didn't really blow people away with his measurables or his 40 time, but he just knows how to play the damn game. He knows how to get open. He knows how to run routes. He knows how to find you know, the first down marker. I like Addison a lot, and I think he'd be a great fit in Baltimore. Next, moving on, we have Brian Brees or Brian Bursay. I've heard it pronounced several ways. Just want to make sure I'm doing it the right way. Going to the Minnesota Vikings. I think that this is a great addition, knowing that the Vikings defense is older. I've heard a lot of players have been leaving. They're moving on from Adam Thielen, potentially they're moving on. I think I saw something where Darius Smith, one of their top pass rushers, was potentially asking for a trade. Their defense could be easily in shambles, and it wasn't amazing last year. They also lose Patrick Peterson to the Steelers. They need a building block, and Brian Brisset is a great opportunity. He's a guy that probably could have gone even higher if it wasn't for some off-field stuff that happened this year. Now, it's not Jalen Carter-level stuff. This is just personal issues. He had lost a family member and uh, had some injuries, so he spent some time away from the game of football. Much understood. Nobody's criticizing him for that. I look at a guy like him, probably started the season as the number one defensive lineman in mock drafts, now is down here at 23. I think this is good value for the Vikings. Next, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They lost one of their starting offensive tackles into free agency. So I think Anton Harrison is a great addition to their offensive line out of Oklahoma. He is going to need to protect Trevor Lawrence. The worst thing you can do is get a young quarterback that you can't protect. They're still learning. They're still developing. And while this is year three for a guy who went first overall, you want to give Trevor Lawrence plenty of time. I think getting a good guard, or not guard, tackle like uh, Harrison is a great addition to a team that desperately needs to make sure their offensive line is good for several years while they have a franchise quarterback secured. Next, I have the New York Giants selecting Zay flowers wide receiver boston college i will say personal opinion and again i'm a guy behind a screen i'm not going to games i'm not scouting everyone i can watch some game highlights i can watch some film on someone that's all i can give with a take but next i have zay flowers going to the giants quite frankly i believe that after jordan addison the elite of elite Wide receivers, the guys that you would really want, Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston. I don't think that is Zay Flowers necessarily, but I think that the Giants desperately need weapons. They are trying to bet on Sterling Shepard, who has had ACL and Achilles tears, and is now 30. (coughs) Excuse me. I look at Zay Flowers as a guy that needs to come in and needs to make impact plays because they don't really have any weapons that can do that right now. They have Saquon, they have Daniel Jones, but they don't have an elite receiver right now. I think they need to take a flyer on one of these first-round receivers, even if it means they're kind of drafting higher than the position really says they should. I think they need a receiver here because they really don't have one. Looking at other teams in their division, I think they have the worst wide receiver core. Amongst Washington, Philly, and Dallas. All of them have at least one pro bowler. Not not the Giants. So Zay Flowers is a must draft, and I think wide receiver is a must-need for them. Next, I have Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame tight end, going to Dallas now. I think Dallas loves to make the flashy pick in the first round, the one that gets all the noise. Michael Mayer has been a highly, highly wanted tight end for several years now. He is I think he's everything you want in a tight end, and it feels like Notre Dame is a tight end factory. It feels like every other team has a tight end from Notre Dame, and he is the next one in line. He can run block, he can pass block, and he's a good receiver as well. He's that kind of guy that you can put right down the middle. Obviously, I'm doing comparisons to kind of paint an average person a picture of what he could be. I'm not saying this is how his career is going to play out, but I kind of see a lot of like a Rob Gronkowski in Michael Mayer, a guy that is very physical, can be a pass blocker, a run blocker, but also catch. He's not going to be the, the stretchy, long tight end like a Darren Waller or a, a Travis Kelsey, but a guy that can do both. Maybe like a George Kittle would be a good comparison as well. I think that's a good fit for Dallas due to the fact that they could be letting Dalton Schultz walk in free agency, and the Cowboys, who have a ton of cap room issues, could get an elite weapon down the middle of the field for Dak Prescott, who also can pass block for him, and they can get at a cheaper rate than Dalton Schultz. I think that's an upgrade at a skill position that they could much need. Next, I have Osiris Torrance, a guard from Florida, going to the Buffalo Bills. Why, though? I think that, honestly, the biggest issue for Buffalo is the fact that they cannot manage games when it comes to running the ball. And this is a repeated thing that I've talked about multiple times. Running the ball is not sexy. It's not fun. It's not going to be on the Sports Center top 10. Average fans aren't going to love it. But you need to do it in the game of football. If you cannot run the ball, you cannot end the game. It's ridiculous. Like, yes, Buffalo can come from behind and score with two minutes to go and win. But if they're up by 10, they can't manage the clock and end the game unless they're hitting highlight plays. Getting Osiris Torrance, you need a guard up the middle, especially on a weaker offensive line. Get a guy like him, solidify him at guard for several years. It is a little high to take a guard, but I think he's the best one in this draft on top of it. You need to be able to establish that run game, whether it's drafting one uh, running back in later rounds. Who knows? Maybe I've heard a lot of rumors of Derrick Henry to the Bills or a running back of some sort to the Bills. I think that would be a great addition, much needed for a team that needs a run game that can truly manage a clock. Next, I have Deontay Banks going to Maryland. I look at Cincinnati, a team that is contending to try and win Super Bowls now, and their team is slowly getting more expensive, and they are losing pieces. I look at a team that is weak in the secondary and in the AFC with all the elite quarterbacks you need to get secondary pieces. I know they lost Von Bell in free agency. I think it's important for them to find replacements for some of the secondary positions that they've lost. I'm putting Deontay Banks, the corner from Maryland there. I think he's the last first round graded corner that I can really think of. Maybe Cam Smith sneaks in there, but I like Deontay Banks a little bit more. I think this is a great fit for Cincy, a cheap replacement for players that you have lost. And if he ends up being anywhere near uh, what a first round grade would be for a corner, you found a cheap replacement for guys where you can still fit in that Joe Burrow extension, but keep a very talented piece on your defense next i'm looking at the new orleans saints and i see them taking mozzie smith a defensive lineman from michigan he's a guy that's a fringe first fringe second round pick on my eyes i think he's probably the fourth or fifth best defensive lineman available in the draft yes he had some off-field issues but it doesn't appear that he'll be facing any problems with them i think he's a very good athlete alone i think he could be a Real game wrecker up the middle, a good run stopper. So I think this is a great addition for a team that really is just trying to look for best player available in the time where they're in cap hell and won't be able to afford too much. Next, I have the Philadelphia Eagles taking Jameer Gibbs running back out of Alabama. I like Jameer Gibbs' game a lot. I kind of see a more physical Austin Eckler where he's a receiving hybrid back, like that Elvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, the guy that can catch the ball out the backfield, but also can run the ball for big gains. I think he's a very dynamic player. I'm very excited to see what he can do in the NFL. I think he'd be an amazing elite fit amongst the Philadelphia Eagles behind that offensive line led by Jason Kelsey, who, Said he is coming back next year. You got Jalen Hurts, who's the run threat, and Gibbs, who's the run threat. But then you could you could just make an unlimited playbook with the talent of Jameer Gibbs. I'm excited to see him as an eagle if that ends up being the case. And then the final pick is DeWan Jones, tackle Ohio State. Kansas City's repeating and what helped them win before the fact that Patrick Mahomes on a gimpy leg stayed upright the entire Super Bowl and they are losing one of their starting tackles. I think it's important for them to address the position and replace them, especially as Mahomes gets more expensive and that roster gets older, getting a good young tackle that you can put out there for four or five seasons and have no problems is something important for that team moving forward. Tell me what you guys have thought about the Mock Draft 2.0. Is there a pick you like? Is there a pick you wish I didn't do? What's your favorite team in this draft, and what would you like to see them do? I'd love to see you answer that in our comments section down below. And shoot, if I get one, I'll even read it off on the next episode. With that being said, I'll get into the biggest free agent signings of the day and the tampering day that was this uh, Monday heading into Tuesday. And what I think about Aaron Rodgers. Because there were some rumors that I wanted to talk about. See you soon. All right. On to free agency updates for the day. I know this is a lot of content coming with you guys. But hopefully you got a nice long podcast to just fall asleep to. Who knows. (laughs) Or just go through your lunch break or something. So... We have a lot of big deals that have happened throughout the day. I'm really excited to break down some of my favorite ones that I have seen or just restructure some things that I found very uh, interesting. One of the first ones was that the New Orleans Saints are going to be bringing back Jameis Winston despite uh, now signing Derek Carr. I think going into the season, some people viewed Jameis Winston as a low fringe starter. Personally, I still like him more than other options like Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield maybe. So they got a really good value for a backup and who knows if something happens to Derek Carr. You got a guy in Jameis Winston that knows the system that is most likely going to be able to at least keep them in a lot of games. Another big move that I was interested in, David Long, As joining the Miami Dolphins, I think this is a great uh, addition to a team as well with their uh, move of acquiring Jalen Ramsey. I think David Long was a really solid linebacker for the Tennessee Titans on a two-year, $11 million deal, something I really like to see. I think uh, Miami Dolphins have really needed to work on their uh, defense. Obviously, that was the thing that probably cost them a a playoff win last year and the ability – for them to add that with a healthy two a tag of Iola next year is something that's really important. Um, the jets are bringing back Greg, the Leg Zerlin. If that means anything to jet fans, let me know. I know he shanked the game winning field goal against my lions. Speaking of the lions, they had signed, uh, Cameron Sutton, and they have re-signed Alex Anzalone. Those are two big names. One of them is a linebacker coming back. It's a three-year deal I'm not a big fan of for Anzalone because I don't necessarily see him as a huge uh, starting caliber linebacker. Maybe they can draft a replacement. He's a a solid starter, but he's not a guy that – he's a B-minus, C-plus starter, if that. Maybe a C starter. However, though, the Cameron Sutton – uh, move. I'm a big fan of. I think he's a very affordable, high-ceiling corner that can play like a top 20 to 25 corner in the league. And for the price, it was a very good move. Speaking of moves, we have a new bunch of new homes for quarterbacks. I know I talked about Jameis Winston. Sam Darnold is now a 49er. Not something I thought I'd be saying again. Man, have those quarterbacks from what, the 2018 draft. Is that the one that had... Uh, all them Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. Maybe it was 2017, but oh my gosh, they just they're just bouncing all over the place. Baker Mayfield's been in like four jerseys in the last year. Now Sam Darnold's on his third team. Man, I did not think that would be the case with that quarterback class when we looked at it at the beginning. I look at this as a good solid backup option behind Brock Purdy or Trey Lance, whoever they Decide. I mean, Sam Darnold has won games in the NFL, which is more than majority of backup quarterbacks. I think he's a solid backup option. He could play a couple weeks if someone goes down. And look at the history of San Francisco quarterbacks. Someone probably will go down. The Bucks are signing, not, not, not signing, re-signing, my goodness, Jamel Dean. A four-year deal worth $52 million. This is a huge move for them. Dean is one of the most uh, talented and youngest available free agent cornerbacks. A guy that I think a lot of teams wanted, my lines included. I was hoping we got him. But he is returning to Tampa Bay. I think this is a great Piece to keep on the defense due to the fact that he is a younger player at only 26 years old. Yes, they made a lot of salary cap-saving moves recently, cutting and moving on from a lot of names that you come to know and love if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. But Jamel Dean staying with the Bucks is a big move. I think it just shows that they're trying to retool, not rebuild. I think this was a great keep. Another one is that the Seahawks... And the Cowboys are both interested in Bobby Wagner. This is interesting because Bobby Wagner used to obviously be a Seahawk. And then the Cowboys, they always love big star names. I think one of the biggest holes for them right now is the linebacker position. Yes, they have a lot of pieces on that defense. But Micah Parsons is their best pass rusher. They really don't have a guy that's kind of like that zony linebacker. While Bobby Wagner has lost a step, he is still a pro bowl level linebacker, even in his later years. I think that whatever team he goes to, he will make a large impact on. Another big name that is on the move, Patrick Peterson is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. I look at Patrick Peterson as a guy who's probably more of a name than a real threat in the NFL anymore. He's 32 now. He's, he's very old for a corner, and he did lose a bit of a step the last couple seasons. This isn't Cardinals Patrick Peterson, so I'm not trying to rip the guy a new one, but I think them losing Cam Sutton and then signing Patrick Peterson, I don't know if this is necessarily an upgrade at the position. I think it's just trying to fill a hole with an older player on the way out of the door. Big move with Atlanta. They are spending a lot of money money in free agency. They signed the Cincinnati Bengals safety, Jesse Bates. I think this is a good move for Atlanta. I think that they need to work on their secondary and bringing in a safety like him. While it did cost them four years at $65 million with $23 million in the first year, I think that this is a good addition to a team that needs an identity. Again, the Falcons kind of have some good pieces all around, but they don't have established talent. A guy that you know, a guy that you get a jersey of. This is a great example of someone that you would do that for. A good, talented safety that will be just a, a solid rock piece on a defense. Now, I also thought it was interesting. There were a couple backup quarterbacks that moved around the league. Jarrett Stidham went from the Vegas Raiders to the Denver Broncos, and Mike White is flipping rival teams. He's no longer a jet. He is a dolphin craziness. I think it's important. And the interesting thing is a lot of these backup deals are about 10 ish million dollars, 16 million dollars. I believe from Mike white, you're paying a good amount for a valuable backup quarterback. It is interesting to see as the quarterback market gets bigger. What is the backup market? You know, a guy who maybe is the 33rd best quarterback in a 32 team league. What is he worth? It's interesting to see how how that goes up as this all happens. Another big signing when it comes to it. I know I mentioned it before in my mock draft, but Jimmy Garoppolo is now a Raider. I will maybe talk about this in a future segment that isn't so time constrained. But the thing that worries me about Jimmy G is I don't know if he is any bit better than what Derek Carr brought to the table in Vegas. I don't think so. And if they're not drafting a guy, why would you move on from an average quarterback near 30 that has playoff experience, isn't the best guy, but you have to put pieces around him for the exact same thing? I'd say Jimmy G's a little more injury prone too. not the move I was expecting the Raiders to do. And honestly, I don't know why you'd even bring Jimmy G in. Like I said before, if they liked Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, I don't know why you bring Jimmy G in anyway, because you could have just kept Derek Carr under his contract and drafted someone behind him. I don't know what the I don't know what the Raiders are doing right now. Maybe they just wanted to grab the most handsome quarterback. I think single Jimmy G in Vegas is very dangerous, but what do I know? The supermodel looking quarterback with in Vegas, Sin City. Woo! Um, big moves for the Chicago Bears. Tremaine Edmonds is now a bear, a 50 million guaranteed in his contract. It's four years, 72 million dollars. This is the largest four-year contract for an inside linebacker in the NFL. It is a great addition, though. Edmonds made a huge impact on the Buffalo defense last year. The one thing I worry about is if it was a slight overpay. Again, we don't know until they step on the field. Edmonds could be a great fit for their system. He could be a terrible fit for the system. Bottom line, though, is they moved on from Roquan Smith last year, and they really haven't had an identity on the defense, whether it's drafting, a defensive pass rusher, or it's drafting a corner. They need to put pieces in place. And I think doing this, even if it was a slight overpayment, they have now gotten a name. They've gotten a guy where they don't have to worry about inside linebacker for a couple years. Another interesting one is Von Bell is leaving the Cincinnati Bengals for the Carolina Panthers. He is a very dependable and tough veteran. He's not you know, necessarily in the prime of his career, but he was a very valuable piece on a Cincinnati Bengals team. Again, like I said, I think that the Bengals could use secondary help this year due to the fact that they are losing several pieces on their secondary. And I, anyone that thinks Eli Apple is good, I will debate you and I will win. He is not a good corner. I think that... This is a big loss. I think it's a big gain, a veteran presence on a young Panthers team. I think that Cincinnati has some work trying to find new faces in the secondary. Another one that I was really interested in is the fact that Kansas City has signed the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive tackle, Jawan Taylor, to a four-year, $80 million deal. Whoa. What a big signing for them. I know they lost, I think it was Trey Smith, if I got the name wrong. Come and roast me, I guess. But they let one of their offensive tackles go, one of their better offensive tackles go in free agency. I think, yes, while Taylor is young, they locked him up for four years until he's 29. I still think that it's smart for them to address offensive line help and keep continuously adding pieces as long as they can. I think it was a good situation. Finally, I think a couple other pieces that I really liked some big signings. I really liked Mike McGlinchey going to the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are desperate, but they are they are aggressive. They go for one of the best right tackles in the NFL, one of the best free agents available. This will really help give some extra time to Danger Russ, Danger Russell Wilson, and I think that this will really help them solidify a run game and. And some pass protection for Russell Wilson, which is something he desperately needs going into next year. Another big signing that I really liked was, where did it go? It was on my notes. Oh no, where did it go? I lost it. We'll move to the next one real quick. I liked that Jason Kelsey is returning. I believe he's going to be coming back with the Philly Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, I think this is a great move for them. They are keeping a staple on their offensive line. You could argue he's the best center in the NFL right now. I think that this is a great move. It is a great sign for a Philadelphia Eagles team looking to repeat. I liked Jonathan Jones agreeing to an extension with the New England Patriots. Yes, he is 30 but he filled an unexpected role for the Patriots, being their arguably their best corner. I think he is a great signing and extend him for a couple of years. He fits a role and he's their best, um he's their best player as of right now. Ah, uh, here we go. So it isn't locked in, but I know I talked about maybe Will Levis to Tampa Bay. They don't really have a quarterback answer right now. Here were some of the ones that they were interested in, but they didn't necessarily say, um, you know, that, that this was official yet. It said that Tampa Bay has had interest in for aging quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield. Now, I think the balance between these two, who, who do you think is better? I think Jacoby Brissett right now is a more dependable starter. Doesn't have as much injury issues. He can make most of the throws. He's a very big guy. I think he's a very safe backup or low-tier starting quarterback in the NFL. I think Baker Mayfield is more of a gamble. He's a boomer bust guy still. He could maybe work his way back into a starting role for a couple years, or he could really flame out and be a real issue for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think if you want to go safe and potentially draft a replacement, i go Jacoby Brissett. If you're just trying to get a guy... It was a name that you can start for a season until you get your replacement quarterback, I would go Baker Mayfield. With that being said, I will end it there to just move on. We had a lot of signings. Obviously there were a lot of moves. I didn't make them all. I didn't share all of the biggest ones. I got the ones that meant the most to me, the ones that I could highlight and not make this a seven hour show. So with that being said, if there is a free agent signing that you would like to know more about, if there is a free agent signing I didn't get to talk about, if there is one that you liked the most, feel free to send your comments my way. I would love to read fan mail and respond to it. It's something that I would absolutely love to be able to do, so please do so. With that being said, we are going to call it a wrap today for Max Sports. Again, we have episodes Monday through Friday. So if you are a listener of the show, please follow along and you will be able to get tomorrow's episode, which will be coming out for Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. It's already halfway through the week now. (laughs) Almost. But you'll have your Wednesday episode coming out tomorrow night. I usually make these before I go to bed so I can you know, have a full day of people to be able to enjoy and listen to my stuff. So with all that being said, thank you all for your time. We'll see you tomorrow for tomorrow's episode of Max Sports. Take care.